0: On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now, here's our host, Joyce Buford.
1: Good morning. It's a great day, and it's a great day because you're here. Now, I was thinking this morning as I was preparing for the show, how would I... Maybe I should call you, the listeners, transitioners. You know, we're all transitioning, but we're second wind transitioners usually. And that transition can be anything from job change to living change to divorce, death, all of those situations in our lives. So when I looked up the definition of transition, it says change from one thing to the next, either the action or state of being. And then it said, it's sort of like a caterpillar making a transition into a butterfly. And I like that so much that I wanted to share that with you. That is what second wind is. It is an important part in helping you, the caterpillar, transition into a beautiful butterfly. And so through these programs, I offer only guests that can add to your transition, can help you move easier through your transition. As I found when I went through my transition almost 15 years ago, So, I want to share with you our exciting guest. Um, She (laughs) really is such a dynamic woman that I'm thrilled to bring her to you again. You have, she has visited us before and always been a major contributor to The Transitioner. She is an acclaimed charisma coach, actress, speaker, spokesperson, host, author, CEO, passionate equine owner, and a wildlife conservation advocate. You may have seen her on Bold and the Beautiful, and she would be the beautiful one in that part. General Hospital, Days of Our Lives, and now the Emmy-nominated series, The Bay. With all this acclaim, you may find it hard to believe that off-camera, Sandra struggled with shyness. Being herself and revealing herself to the world was a challenge. She decided to tackle her shyness and conquer the world. Her personal journey has become her life's work, empowering and educating others to claim their greatness so they can make a profound impact on the world. In the process, by the way, Sandra has founded two companies, Charisma on Camera and Horse-Powered Consulting. Both are designed to help people achieve confidence and communicate more effectively. Now, I met Sandra three years ago, and i found her kind, generous, and such a genuine person. I have coached with her and found her gifted. She has put her passion into a new book called Impact. Impact, the secrets of powerful personal presence on camera and off. So I welcome my dear friend, Sandra D. Robinson to Second Wind. Welcome.
2: Hello. My goodness, that was a hell of an introduction. I I, I have nothing left to say now. Um, oh, I
1: know, but I just but all. you're so full of interesting things. I mean, oh my gosh, you know, we always think of actresses as being above us and being so, and I didn't find you that way at all. Oh, you So been delightful. A job.
2: It's just a job. I was very lucky to be employed um, consistently as long as I have been. I mean, I started Another Worlds as the show I was on the longest, and I played a role in there for nine years. For six, then I left. I did just some of the shows that you mentioned, and there were more even than that. And I ended up, you know, going back. But um, I've been very lucky, really, working in the industry since I was. I've been on camera since I was 11. Oh my and, goodness! Yeah, and I. And I you're only say, 22. I'd like to know what university you live in because that would be great. <laughs> I um, you know, it's it's interesting too because I just saw one of the women that I was on a show with, and she posted something on Facebook about, you know, her first headshots ever taken. You know, when you start mm-hmm. and you're really young and you got the cheap chubby cheeks and no wrinkles, and then as you get older, you just progress. You know, <laughs> and it's it's a it's a blessing of a job, but it's also that's the tough part is when you've been in it that long you know she said she had to adjust her expectations and sort of mm. you know sit with those photos for a while because you do have to see yourself and in your, all of your aging processes out there for the world to witness and I remember once having somebody say well you can see that Sandra's had work done and I just <laughs> cracked up because I'm absolutely horrified to put a knife on my face i I I've seen people go through bad experiences, and it's the thing that terrifies me the most. But yeah. I, I was like, it's called aging, people. <laughs> it's like the baby fat <laughs> is gone. Okay, <laughs> it
1: adds wisdom, really. Don't you think? Aging adds wisdom. Right. You,
2: you lose cheeks, and you and you you lose cheeks in your face. You gain them somewhere else, and you gain wisdom. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like
2: oh, said, there you go. <laughs> oh, right.
1: Well, is would it be fair to ask you this question? What was one thing you walked away from having that experience? That's just off the cuff. That just came to me. Would that would that be too difficult to answer right now?
2: No, no. Um, the experience of of the of the aging on camera, or the experience of of working in that of field. working
1: in that industry.
2: Oh gosh. So many things. In, um, I would say the overall, the overall lesson that I had with it, and this is may surprise some people, even especially people that may work in the industry or are new to the industry, that there is this, uh, there is this sort of expectation that you you need to do whatever you need to do in order to be employed,
1: mm-hmm. and.
2: I I fell into that for a while. I I talked and hung with the people I thought I had to hang with. I took a couple of roles and did things that I probably wouldn't do now because I'm a little wiser. Mm
1: -hmm. But I
2: was told, well, you have to do this with this person or you have to do this for a film credit. And I later learned by example, interestingly enough, of some of the people that I really still am friends with and still want to hang out with, that -hmm. you don't have to compromise your values in order to get ahead. Um, There are good people, and like like any business, like any industry, surround yourself with people of like mind. Surround yourself with people that are like you want to be, If you're aspiring, spend time with people that are where you want to be, that live their life the way you want to live it, Um, because that's really where the solid foundation comes in. In a transient industry like that, it's very, very difficult to get lost. We see it all the time, and thank God Mm. I was, like, young and Mm -hmm. and there were no cell phone cameras
4: because, (laughs) (laughs) like – and
2: I would have, you know, we look at people like Miley Cyrus and remember the Britney Spears breakdown and, and people that are in the limelight. Anything that you do is scrutinized and, and available for criticism. Right. Um, and it's really just a process that everybody goes through. But mm-hmm. I think that's probably my biggest lesson was just knowing that you are the people that you surround yourself with. And looking back, I made some bad choices. <laughs> or don't we all? <laughs> yes, I They're think just we not all as, do. Uh,
1: visible as they are, with it's,
2: well, yeah, I think that's that's it. It's not maybe not as visible, and there it's an industry that, in a lot of ways, will play on someone that is will play on insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always somebody richer, more famous, more current, thinner, mm-hmm. more beautiful, more handsome, more perfect for the part. And yeah. it really forced me to understand the incredible value of just owning everything that you are—the good, the bad, the ugly—and realizing that's your package. That's what you got. And if they don't want it, somebody else will. That's really hard um, for someone when you're looking for the next gig in order to to pay your rent. You know, I think any artist feels that, um, but salespeople can feel it too. Right. So, you know it. Yeah. 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 So, staying grounded and stay connected with people that are of like mind, that seem smarter and more successful than you. <laughs> How about that. Yeah, that's
1: good. Good advice. Good advice. Um, when we make some of these transitions, we are so excited about the new freedom that we get, or the the change of of, of like money when we when we get a greater, a bigger job, a more successful job, more paying job, we sometimes explore. And um, it's very important in those times to have your grounded community around you to help you yeah. not go too crazy.
2: Yes, <laughs> so. that's true. That's another benefit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and well, you, want, you want that. You also want people that are okay when you do do well.
1: Yes. Oh,
2: yes. You know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. because you may have people don't like change sometimes, especially (laughs) some family members.
1: Right. Yes. Oh, that's hard. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Where they're like, "Well, you were always the you know you were always the one that didn't do as well as me, little sister." You know. And then all of a sudden you're doing better, and it's like, "Wait a minute, what?" You know. There are there are those things, which is why you you need to surround yourself with. You need to be really careful about who you're around, and um, that's a message I like to share with young people. Well, we are going to go
1: to a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk with Sandra about interesting things about changing our world and talking about our stories and why our stories are important to us uh, once we write them and understand them and how we can share them. So we Mm -hmm. will be back shortly.
0: Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break.
4: Have you heard?
3: Did you hear about the hound dog that participated in a 13-mile race in Elkmont, Alabama? According to Runner's World, the two-and-a-half-year-old hound dog named Ludivine was just horb-gorbling in her backyard when she heard the runners lining up for the trackless train track half marathon in the distance. Somehow, she found her way to the starting line and began sprinting alongside the other runners. According to Keith Henry, the winner of the race, Ludivine cut in front of him and the other runners several times. They had to be careful not to trip over the pooch. As it turned out, Ludovine crossed the finish line in 7th place with a time of 1 hour and 33 minutes. According to her owner, that was a pretty impressive showing for a normally scabrelotcher dog. Scabberlatcher is another word for lazy. It's words you never I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: We're talking today with Sandra D. Robinson, who shares with us her experience as an actress working with animals and studying with communication experts to develop a a business around coaching and coaching people through transitions. So, Sandra, you talked about in your book that we are going to mention, um, Mm -hmm. you talked about the story and why we all have stories about us, what we want to do, how we want to grow, and how important it is to tell our story.
2: It's it's huge, Um, partly because, you know, I I think the underlying thing, so a lot of what I teach is is helping people actually build relationships. You realize that successful people are usually very good at building relationships, and that includes building rapport with people and and earning trust. And that's how a relationship mm-hmm. is built. Mm-hmm. And what's if you think about it, stories are just a it's a beautiful, very human way to create that rapport and that relationship mm-hmm. with someone and increase trust almost. It within seconds, be share a story, because when you think back, who were the first people in your life that shared you shared a story or told you a story?
1: Uh, mom and dad.
2: Right. Mom, mom. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Usually it was uh, it was a parent, um, mm-hmm. and then it may be grandparents. So automatically, stories are associated with people that we usually have trust and an affection for. So yeah. there is a subconscious reaction almost. When somebody shares a bit of themselves or shares a story, it elevates the relationship and raises that level of trust. It's, it's a very simple method of connecting with someone, which is why one of the things I, I love to, to chat about, and I'm putting together a gift right now for the SandraDRobinson.com site, where I'm I'm gonna be putting something together that really helps people initiate conversations in a different way. Particularly networking. Mm, yeah, everybody oh. goes to networking and instead of yes. sharing themselves or finding out who the people are, they say, What do you do? Mm. And that's not really the best way to connect with another person because you're asking I, them what box do you fit in? Ah.
1: Uh, right? Yes. What yeah
2: do you do? So I always think we want to know, we really innately want to know who you are Mm -hmm. before we will trust you with what you do. So why not have a conversation on that level? So a big reason to tell stories and tell your story and share who you are is so that you can let people know who you are. You can say, I am an insurance broker, and Mm -hmm. if I need an insurance broker, I may give you a shot. But if I don't need an insurance broker, and let's face it, most of us have insurance, Right. Right. You have car yep. insurance. Yep. Uh, you have life insurance, maybe, health insurance. And so if you run into someone that sells something what you already have and you ask what they do, you instantly disengage. But if you, and you say, oh, I'll see if I can refer you to someone, but you're not really going to refer them because all you know is what they do. Mm-hmm. So if, mm-hmm. if you can share, if you are an insurance broker and you can share who you are and really build a relationship with someone, aren't you more likely to share? a referral for somebody that you feel connection with right Aren't you more yeah. right aren't you more likely right. to to actually hire someone that mm-hmm. you feel a connection with mm-hmm. so when i train speakers i always make a big point and even folks when they're getting ready to do a video for their website and share who they are in a bigger way i always make sure that they really understand what their story is what do they want to share and generally it it has to be something that's like hey here, here was a problem. Uh, life was grand. There was a problem. Here's how I fixed the problem. You can do it, too. I'm going to show you how. That's mm-hmm. very formulaic, but a lot of times when you're looking at marketing, that's the story you have to tell. And what's interesting is, I including me, a lot of people will not see the jewel in their story. Mm-hmm. They'll tell a story, but they don't actually tell the piece that's going to make people go, ah, oh, I really like her. I really understand her. She gets me. I want to work with her. Right. Yeah. And sometimes we hold those pieces of the story back because we think, well, nobody would want to know that. Or I can't admit that. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, as a for instance, can I give an example real quick? Sure. Yeah. Um, I worked with a woman that was at the time doing really well in what we would call multi-level marketing company. Mm-hmm. Okay? She was way up at the top of this and she had been at it for quite some time. And at this point she had these downlines that went forever and, and she wasn't getting out of it, but she said, I have to do, I have to put a video on a, on a website, um, for, for the business. It's something that we're doing now, she said. Mm-hmm. And, um, I I just don't want to work with newbies anymore. And you can kind of understand. She's been at it for a while. She's like, I want to work with people that are like me. Mm. Well, don't we all? I mean, Mm -hmm. when you think about it, we all (laughs) want to work with people like us. Right. So uh, I said, well, tell me a little bit about why you do what you do. And she said, gives me the story of how um, her mother had gotten ill. Mm -hmm. She was doing very well. She was a wealthy woman already, Mm -hmm. Um, a very well-paying job. Mm -hmm. And her husband also. And so her mother got ill, realized how much money they were going through as her mother was, you know, going through this and aging and what what the extent of the expense of long-term health care really is. Okay. And she said, my husband and I looked at each other and we thought, oh, my goodness, what can we do to make sure that we don't burden our children, that we have enough, you know, mm-hmm. to, to get through that. Next period of our lives. Yeah. And so she said, I saw this opportunity. She goes, but I searched and searched. She goes, I never ever thought that I would be at a network marketing company. Yeah. <laughs> right? Just the way she yes. said it was just yeah. like that, which has that kind of judgment that so many of us may be familiar with. Yeah. And and I said, that's Well, you know, that's not need to a real that. job. <laughs> <laughs> right. She's like, that's Well, you thinking. know, those people. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be mm-hmm. one of those. Mm-hmm. And she laughed. And I said, well, that's what you need to tell. And this was in a group. I was doing a group training at the time. And, and I said, well, you need to say that. And she went, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I couldn't do that. <laughs> and, I just, and I looked at the group and I said, what do you guys think? And they said, you need to tell that. Because if you want to get people of your caliber and thinking the way you think, then you actually have to speak to your experience, you have to say, hey, this isn't where I thought I would end up, but this opportunity I couldn't pass up because it's incredible. Mm. Isn't that better than saying Mm -hmm. all the, you know, pontificating about how wonderful um, the company is and all the numbers and the statistics? That's not going to win people like her over.
3: Mm.
2: What's going to win people over is when you have somebody that's as successful as she is that uses that actual term. This is, I never thought that I'd be one of those. Like, let's be honest.
1: Yeah, it's you bring one of the main objections to that business right up front.
2: Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And when I talk to people, um, they look and they go, oh, charisma on camera, you are an actress. That's why you teach what you teach. Mm -hmm. And I said, actually, that's just the opposite. Mm -hmm. I was fine playing a character and being someone else, but I was unbelievably shy. My self-esteem was as low as it could go because I'd been taught, you know, growing up that I had no value. Mm, And so my job, what I have chosen to do, my passion, is to bring out, show people what their value is. And people of every level. It's not just people that have been beaten down. We've all been beaten down at some point. But I work with very successful, brilliant people that have just forgotten what some of their gifts are or can't see. Their gifts anymore because they've been doing something else for so long that they don't realize what they have that they can utilize, and that's where I come in because I, I hid so much of myself for so long. So it's actually just the opposite of what people would think. But if I didn't tell that story that I had to, re- I had to get over a lot of my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people would look and go, "Oh, she's an actress," and they wouldn't really connect.
1: Right. But, yeah.
2: So Yeah, um, your story is has,
1: important. Yeah, I can see it's that. It's
2: huge.
1: Yeah. It's
2: huge. Yeah.
1: Well, now, I know that when, how do you start somebody in finding their story? I mean, uh, sometimes, you know, we don't connect with our story. It's we, true. It's so common it's, nature to us, we don't even consider it a story.
2: Right, exactly. I remember going into to a workshop years ago. And I sat with a bunch of people, and they said they went around the room, and in my typical shy fashion, I mm-hmm. manufactured my seat in an area where I would go last. <laughs> oh, clever. So, we never so done I that. So I squeezed <laughs> myself around to some little seat in the back and thought, well, I had the time to see what everybody else was doing, right? Uh-huh. And, and that was probably the worst thing I could have done. They went around, and, and I listened to all of their stories, which were so incredible, stories of survival, stories of, of overcoming. And, and here I was. They got to me, and I said, well, I'm just an actress. So I don't have any of that. <laughs> and I left. I didn't stay in the workshop.
1: Oh, you did?
2: Yes. Oh, no. You mean
1: the the leader didn't come chasing after you, saying, come back? You've got a story. <laughs>
2: You know, honestly, they might have, but my belief that I had no value was so strong that yes. I didn't listen to anybody but that, which was, you know, that shows you how far I had to come in order to teach what I teach now. But that that was, yeah, I, I listened to everybody else, and I thought, well, there's the girl that overcame anorexia, and now she's a she's a fitness coach, and she nearly died, and, and I I didn't have that, but as I sat with someone... And they started asking me, you know, what do you what do you do? What are you passionate about? What what were you doing when you were six years old? Is one of the questions I ask people. Yes. Um, And I and I start to kind of take them, not take them back in a psychological analysis kind of way, but I do go back and find out what makes you tick. What always made you tick? What were you Mm -hmm. doing at six that Mm -hmm. made time stand still? Mm -hmm. And what was the best thing about that? What was the best thing about that thing that you did? If you were reading, did it take you somewhere else? Did you live in a fantasy land? If you were playing with animals, what did that – if you were playing on a team, sport, why was that important to you? If you were riding your bike, what did that mean for you? And it was interesting to start to ask people this question on a regular basis because it really can shed light on who they are because sometimes their answers – Do not coincide with the person sitting in front of me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You've seen a lot of people that have quieted or been quieted through the years.
2: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because when somebody asked me that once, I started crying. Um. And I realized that I was very creative. In fact, I just emptied out my childhood home. um, And we sold it. Mm -hmm. I know, that's never an easy thing, right? Right. And... Mm -hmm. I went and I found all of these projects that I had done when I was young. And I was pulling up drawings and things like, gosh, that's good. That's I was fun. eight. <laughs> oh. right?
1: Well, Sandra, I we're going to always... have to go to a quick break. And when we come back, you can continue telling us about sure. your clearing of your childhood uh, home. But <laughs> we went we through three ways to get to our story. So we will be back shortly with Sandra D. Robinson. Transformational
0: coach, motivational speaker, and author,
5: Joyce Buford returns after this short break. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, marlantabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A acom It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com.
4: Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas and inspirations her guests include quilt pattern designers authors quilt shop owners and our editors all quilters just like you call in with your questions get quilting tips from industry experts learn about free patterns
0: Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking with Sandra D. Robinson.
1: Actress who is now coaching people to use their her skills that she has developed and learned over her life to enrich other people's lives, so Sandra, before we went to break, you had mm-hmm. started telling us about clearing out your childhood home, which I know yeah, was really
2: yes i'm I'm sorry um that's okay yeah really, really just as you said sometimes the things that we That drive us, those gifts, those natural strengths and tendencies and talents are, how did you put it? They're, we forget them or they're, or they're, they're trained out of us or
4: Mm -hmm.
2: over a period of time. And that was an experience for me where I looked down and realized that I had been so creative. And at the time, I, I had drawings and things. I was constantly doodling and sketching and creating things and crafting. And that was a big part of, of, who I was, um, when I was, before I become pressured or censorized or, uh, uh, desensitized or, or put into any kind of a box from society, you know, that's who I was. That was a big part of what fed me. and, And that was a passion that was innate in me. And so often we do have those things that we forget about. And once when a woman asked, what is, what, what, what do you do that? makes you feel really good. I thought back in my childhood and I actually started to cry because I did not I was so busy working on what I thought was business mm-hmm. and I was not entertaining that creative part of my soul at all. Right. And that can make you unhappy. And a big part <laughs> of what I do is try to help make you know, make people feel positive right. and happy because that, quite honestly, if if you're smiling and you're happy and you're, you're in a good state of mind, it's much easier for you to step out and share your message and share your story. And it's much easier for people to approach you and want to be near you. And mm-hmm. so um, that's actually a big part of what I do when I start to help people divulge who they are and their story and how they're going to tell it.
1: Right. You, you know, I... We were brought up by I was I'm a little older than you are, but um we were brought up by parents from the Depression. So naturally, mm-hmm. thinking that we're creative is not some, that there is any money in in the creative life was never thought to be a, a true a, a career in my family. Mm-hmm. So when I tripped right. across the floor and did my little does and all that, it wasn't really supported, you know. It wasn't, oh, that's so good. It was like, really, get serious, girl. Go
3: so, you <laughs> study
2: your
1: mouth. A, it wasn't <laughs> applauded in my family. But so I I am right with you, Sandra, when I hear you talk about not recognizing and and almost pressing your genius down so that they don't really pick yeah. up on it or you don't. After a while, you just – it. Fades.
2: Yes, and that's what really and makes you shine. Exactly what you talk about is helping people find their genius or re-find it, mm. reacquaint yeah. with it. And mm. uh, and I discover that along the way as I'm pulling people's story from them. And even if it comes out in just the way they tell their story, if I know oh. that somebody used to like to act out or dance or sing, oh. or and and they're not showing any sign of wanting to be seen Mm -hmm. when they come to me, then I know that something along the way has taught them that they can't be who they are. And so it's really great to give people that freedom. And you do the same thing with your workshops to give people that freedom Mm -hmm. when they can kind of step into who they are. And it just feels so good.
1: Things, ideas
2: come easier, expression is easier because you've been given the freedom to actually use your strengths and not not be suppressed you know um so that's it's it's great fun isn't it yeah. to see people step yeah. into that yeah
1: so you tell you have three ways that you help people clarify the, their their yeah. stories their personal mm-hmm. journey story
2: there's, there's actually five in the book. There's five, um, but it gets a little more detailed, the final two, and mm-hmm. in, in basically how to actually tell it. So when you're speaking, how do you engage people? But the first three are really crucial when you're putting your story together. And the first one is don't compare. And, oh, gosh, especially for women, this is really hard because remember I said <laughs> even as an actor, there's always someone who's thinner, taller, better looking, yes. blonder, bigger boobs. It always seems like that, right? And and we, but yeah. we still do that. I mean, yeah. we we look and go, well, oh, they wouldn't be interested in hearing that story. That's too old. They My story, remember when I was sitting in the group of, of people and I got up and I walked out because I didn't think that my story was, was as sensational as everybody yes. else's.
1: Yeah, you so, didn't have anorexia.
2: No. Well, I, I did have an eating disorder, but here's the thing. This is me. I didn't lose enough weight to make that part of my story. <laughs> <laughs> Bad of a comparison is that. You know? I mean, I screwed my body up for years afterwards because I overexercised and underate under eight and starved myself. Uh-huh. But I couldn't get down to eighty eight pounds, so therefore I can't use that as part of my story because that woman lost more weight than me. I mean, we can compare ourselves in the craziest ways. Oh my and gosh. right? Mm-hmm. And and you so I did it. I did it. I did the comparison and uh your story is unique to you. Yeah. So I tell a story about, you know, some of the stuff that my mother said over me, mm-hmm. and I believed it. And it changed the tr- It really just helped me to decide, not usually in, a, in the best way, to decide who I was going to hang out with, what I was going to do, because my mother had said these things, and I said, well, if mother said that to me, then it must be true. Yeah. Now, I didn't want, here's what I mean by don't compare, I didn't want to use my mother or the words spoken over me because I have seen, and I'm sure that when I speak, I'm in a room where someone there has had a horrific childhood. Mm, There's always someone that's had one worse, right? Yeah, right. And I think, well, I can't talk about that. That's not as bad as some people. Yes. I'm comparing. Mm -hmm. The point is, if I get up and I share, hey, this is spoken over me, I will be speaking to people of many different backgrounds because at some point someone has spoken something over you that was incorrect and you believed it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's really where helping people with your story comes in. That's where people connect with you. So it's not about having the most sensational story. It's about being the most honest about it and just saying, hey, life isn't always grand. This is what happened to me. And now I know that that was wrong, and I want to show you how you can overcome it too. So don't compare your story, because the people that you are meant to impact with your story and connect with are going to appreciate it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah. The, the the second part of that is don't leave out the best part. And <laughs> if you, it, which we do, we always yeah? do. We censor. We say, well. I can't say that, or people wouldn't believe that, or they don't want to hear that. That's not pretty. So, you know, I'm a financial planner, but I lived in my car for two months with my child because my money was so bad. Well, they don't want to hear that because I want, I want them to trust me with my money.
1: Yeah, and this that's is actually not what a financial one of my advisor would say.
2: Right? It, well, that's it's what that's we think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I looked at this woman now who is, I think when I worked with her, she was at least a millionaire. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her and I said, do you think, looking at you now in your haute couture outfit, Mm -hmm. in your incredible home, your wonderful lifestyle, and the millions of dollars that you manage for people, and the money, the lifestyle that you have, that I wouldn't trust you because at one point you lived in a car, you built yourself up as a single mom from nothing. Do you Mm -hmm. think I'm not going to trust you with my money? (laughs) <laughs> I always think that's I impressive to, it rough. is impressive but you know we censor things in our own minds and here she was leaving out the best part of her story that when she would go and speak she would never say that she would say well you know I got divorced and things were rough like no 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 you need to go a little further and say that you were with your toddler in your car for months ah, yeah. and that's where you came from mm-hmm. and if you did it We can do it, and you're going to show us how. I will sign up for that program. Thank you.
1: Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So don't leave out the best part. Yeah. Sometimes, and most of the time, to be quite honest, you need to work with somebody because, as Les Brown, great speaker, has a phrase that he says, you can't see the picture if you're in the frame. Right. And so a lot of times you have to have somebody from the outside of your life to pull that story from you and say, you need to use this piece. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Have you left out your story, Joyce? When Have you left out the best parts of your story? Well, I'm much better
1: than I was. In the beginning, I would use all sorts of excuses to not leave out some of the pain. Um, yeah. But I'm better. I'm getting better. Yeah.
2: Always. Yeah. It, it, people, we identify, and this is the best advice that I ever got from an acting coach, and he just tossed it out one day and probably didn't even remember saying it. But he said, stop trying to be perfect. We are mm. broken, and humans, by nature, are drawn to the brokenness in each other.
1: Yeah, right.
2: And so you don't want to appear polished and like things have always been great because people don't really connect with that. hmm well, well I
1: was yeah. really – I'm going to share this with you. I was really yeah. concerned listening to the audience as well as Sandra D., um, about – sometimes I stumble over words. Sometimes I don't deliver as correctly as I would like to, and I was really stressed over it. And I asked a linguistic about this one day, a, a woman that was guest, and she really said, oh, you're just being human, darling, <laughs> and oh. she would speak. And it was well, that's so adorable. free – Freeing for me. It was like, yes. oh, okay. Thank you. Yes. I can be who I am. So, That's what yeah. we
2: are attracted to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole idea of performance, thinking that you have to perform or be a certain way or not use your hands when you speak or all of these things that we are taught. Uh, my job is to free you from all that. Yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, and help you tell your story the way you tell it in the, on your best day. That's, that's just it. So you want to be you. The third thing that I, that I wanted to let people know about telling their story is when you do get your story together and, and you start to get it ready to share, focus on the recovery. Focus on the overcoming, what you've learned, the the positivity in the message as opposed to the problem. So like, for instance, if we're talking about the financial advisor who is now successful, if she spent a lot of time in her story, like half mm, of it, yeah. just like mm-hmm. talking about being in the car and how icky it was, what are you right. going to remember? You're going to remember that. Right. But if you just touch on, hey, this is what happened to me, and give one sentence or one very descriptive, you know, blurb about what life would like at that moment, and then say, and because of that. I was able to, and, and you go on.
1: And we that, are going to go to break, Sandra. I'm sorry to cut you off right. I no was ready for it,
2: but
1: we'll be back. Speaker
0: and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break.
5: If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart sore? Now you can with lessons in joyful living with your host kimberly rinaldi mondays at noon central kimberly rinaldi having created a highly successful coaching practice now teaches lessons in joyful living she believes in empowering others and that through it you have the ability to break through any and all barriers thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose what used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to our website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I dot Then join us for lessons in joyful living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi.
4: Have you heard?
0: Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: We've been talking about telling your story, how to tell your story successfully, so that you can claim Interest other people in working with you, in connecting more with you, in hanging out with you. Maybe is the situation. <laughs> Sandra D has been our guest today, Sandra D Robinson, and she has written this fantastic book that I have just enjoyed looking at. It's called Impact, and I—it's just full of good things. Sandra, it's just—it's great. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I like it. It's got tips, (laughs) tips from the biz. So, tell me about the book.
2: The book is a lot of the foundational things that I use with my private clients, and I think one of the first chapters is what we're talking about today, which is telling your story. How do you, how do you bring that up? How do you find it? How do you find what you're passionate about? Um, And, and that's my dog. (laughs) You might have heard the background. So uh and and then we we go from there into how do you present it? What are some of the actual presentation tips? Because it's you know, the story, the the subtitle of the book is Secrets to Powerful Personal Presence on Camera and Off. And so when I discovered how to survive being myself in front of a camera, um, mm-hmm. that was part of my, you know, lesson is I would just fall to pieces if I wasn't playing a character. So when I oh went goodness. through Oh, I did. Oh, I was You're horrible. like us.
1: You're like us.
2: <laughs> oh, my good gracious. I, I tell a story about how I went to an audition once and he said, sweetie, just be yourself. It was for an infomercial. And there was a big check. There was a big paycheck <laughs> waiting in this thing. And it was, I was down to like the top two girls. I was only one of two that they were bringing in and I had a good okay. chance of getting it. And all he said was, sweetie, just be yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I remember just falling to pieces. I mean, you know, that the, the slow disintegration in front of the casting director was so pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good grief. Yeah. So, so a lot of what I learned from that experience and trying to learn how to perform better was I was also at the same time doing a lot of inner work Mm. on myself and Mm. thinking for the longest time that my passions and my inner work was totally separate. From my performance, and if you oh. even think if you're not in a, if you're not an artist, you can think your performance is when you get up and speak at yeah. a networking event, or when you right. get up and speak anywhere. So that would be your performance, and people separate this. It wasn't until I put it together that I realized that that work changed mm-hmm. the way I walked into every room. Oh, and that's it made so my-
1: interesting.
2: It's true, and I've heard it from my clients as well. And when I hear that, that actually just makes my my heart leap because I know that that opens up so many opportunities and possibilities for relationships and and business and life when you can walk into a room and actually engage in valuable conversation and Mm -hmm. learn and experience people, as opposed to when I didn't do that, when I held back, when I tried to be somebody that I wasn't, and how uncomfortable that was. And so, really, the book came about with all the foundational stuff in it that I I share with my clients because I wanted to put it in as many hands as I could. Right. Right. And open up possibilities for people to express and share and get to know themselves and get to know other people because, let's face it, when they interview people on their last days, people don't look back and say, gosh, I wish I'd stayed in that business longer. I wish I'd worked longer hours. It was always a regret about a relationship or two. I wish I'd known my kids. I wish I would have experienced more done more and so i think you know that's a big thing for my husband and i to encourage people to take the opportunities do more do what you need to do in order to feel grounded in yourself so that you can you can experience life to the fullest that you can because you only get one shot
1: Ah, darn i was hoping for two to three you know practice, (laughs) practice 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 makes perfect um I would you know when I went to your website to sort of peruse your website to get ready mm-hmm. for this interview, you have a video, of course, on the very first page, and uh-huh. it was like it was like you were talking to me because I know from having visited with you many times over the past two or three years, it was the same person,
2: and I so loved
1: that it was just that great
2: It's important because haven't we all? met somebody uh, at some point really liked them. They gave us their business card and then you went to a website and there was a video and it was nothing like the person that you had met.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and that's what, when people say, don't worry about it, just get out there and do your video. Um, no, (laughs) I'm, I'm the one that will be brutally honest and say, no, don't just, do that to get it done because you really want to be able to express who you are, what your energy is. The idea for me behind putting, and you and I have talked about this, Joyce. The idea for me about putting yourself on video on your website is so that people can sense who you are. If they, if they like the sense of you, they'll go, hey, I think I want to talk with her more. Mm-hmm. I think I want to give her a call. I want to. I want to see what other videos she has. I want to see what else is on this website. Let's learn more about her, and that's what it's about. So imagine if you're at a networking event and you walk up to somebody as dry as some of these videos are. How many people (laughs) are going to be spending time talking to you? You know, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's What's... it's an awkward thing for a lot of people they feel like a fish out of water when they have to present or especially get on camera. But it right. it can be done and that's that's a big part of what the book is about as well, to to help people overcome that. And the website that you were talking about is cuz mm-hmm. I have a couple if you google me, you'll see there's a few, but the one you're talking about is charisma on camera. And mm. that's specifically, you know, what this book was written to reinforce is that the teachings that goes with uh, charisma on camera.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, but you have, I don't want to jump into this before you're ready to leave this mm-hmm. topic because I yeah. really think this book is a great tool to help somebody beginning in, in their taking the steps moving forward to do their videos and just to share, as you said, find their story mm-hmm. and get started. Yeah. But there's yeah. also another program, you're a CEO of another program that... Incorporates another passion of yours, which is animals. So you yes. use horses yes. to teach.
2: The, the, yes, and the second book that I'm writing this year is a lot more of the of the animal, the studying of animals and and animal behavior versus human behavior. And um, Horse Powered was designed because we have, and we're still, I, I brought in partners actually to make this a bigger program than I had init- initially anticipated. Mm-hmm. So the, the Horse Powered Leadership Program is really going to be utilizing a, a, a way of working with horses and actually building relationships with them, which parallel how you build relationships in life. So it's been very interesting. I did, I'll do some private sessions with people. Uh, If I'm Mm -hmm. working with them and I had a woman come over and she said, I want to, I want to try the, you know, the horse thing. And I, I, I brought her in and I, I watched her as I said, just go, you know, make, build, make friends with, uh, with Sparkle over there. Mm -hmm. And just the way she, I said, what do you want from her? And she was afraid to ask the horse for what she wanted. In fact, she asked in a way that I said, well, try this. So Mm -hmm. she asked the horse to move is what she was trying to do, and, and, and Sparky would not move. Mm. And so she walked up to the horse and she pet it. Mm-hmm. And I said, so you asked her to do something. She didn't do it. And you walked up and rewarded her anyway. And she looked at me and she was like, yeah, that's what I do. and so and it's true because there's something about working with horses in particular that really makes this interesting Um, they are just they will mirror right back to you they're brutally honest and they will mirror right back to you if you think that you are powerful and you're really feeling some insecurity or you're not you're acting out of integrity and your power then that horse will not move for you (laughs) <laughs> We're oh. not do anything for you, and we work from the ground we We don't ride at least not initially um after you're in the program oh. for a while there is there is a possibility to ride and it's it's a very therapeutic, very interesting thing. It's based on a form of therapy um, but so in you're the meantime, telling
1: me that if i'm if I'm using my skills, my mm-hmm. leadership skills, my connect communication skills mm-hmm. on a horse that it applies to a human.
2: Yeah, the way that, yes, because if I say to somebody without much guidance and I say, go make, go, you know, say hello to this creature, you will usually approach that as you would a new relationship. Now, the girl that I worked with the other day is single, Mm -hmm. and um, she was drawing parallels with how she was approaching this horse relationship and how she dates. She says, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do meaning I don't know what to do in order to build a relationship with this person, you know, in real life. I said, well, the Mm -hmm. parallel to that is when you go on a first date, do you know what to do? And she said, no. (laughs) I said, well, you don't. You don't know anything about that person. You have to ask questions. You have to find out what do they need from a relationship and tell them what you need. And that plays out for her when she was. In the round pen with the horse, because the horse doesn't wow. care if you are educated, if you have money, if you don't, if you're, you know, sitting on top of the world in your life, or if you're on skid row. All the horse right. sees is your energy, your intention, and when it comes down to it, that's what we as human beings react to as well. Hmm. So well, I love that. I love that really natural, organic way of just coming back down to communicating with people. And we, we've so removed ourselves from that. With all the good that comes from, from technology and social media, right. there's a lot of good that comes from just stealing yeah. another person.
1: Well, Sandra, I can tell that this would be a whole new show to talk about that <laughs> interaction with animals and your horse training. Oh. And interesting. Oh, yeah. So interesting. But as we leave today, I want you to know that the information that you share about the importance of our story and how to give it to other people, share it with other people, is so Mm -hmm. important. And I'm thanking you for coming to the show today.
2: Oh, well, thank you. It was really fun. It was fun. Thank
1: you. Yeah. Well, Sandra D has got just a fabulous website. Go to it, see what's on there, and interact with her. Think of using Mm -hmm. Sandra with your videos and how to overcome your shyness and to learn how to tell your story because it's so valuable, not only for you, but to the person that is listening. And so, my dear listeners... That are transitioning, please come back and see us next week.
0: Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System. Women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at.